Optimal circadian health helps people struggling with fatigue, rainfall, crashes, and other nagging symptoms finally reclaim their energy and health without relying on endless supplements, lab testing, and restrictive diets. I'm Dylan Peckis, MD, and this podcast answers one question. How can you reclaim your energy levels and health even if you feel you've tried everything? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All of this information is 100% free, so please subscribe and review our podcast. Hey everyone, it is Dr. Dylan Peckis here with Optimal Circadian Health, and today we're going to have a very fun excursion here talking about genetics and why they may not be as important as you've been told. And I know you may have been told, maybe you haven't been, I don't really know because I'm not your doctor, I'm also not inside your head, but... This is something that's critically important because a lot of times I'll hear stuff from other people and what they're doing and their naturopaths, integrative doctors, functional medicine people, and they got genetic testing. Cool. 24 and me. I don't think I can say brand names legally here. Um, All those other things and you make some decisions and guess what? They don't really get much better. They go through a bunch of hassle And they change things up and they make these like really extreme changes, but really not any different whatsoever. But yet you feel like it's tailored and optimized to you here. But I'm here to tell you that genetics are something you need to really fully understand. It's not the simple whatever you remember from eighth grade biology and what your alternative doctor also is probably bringing up from eighth grade biology. There's a lot more going on because I think it was the great philosopher Aristotle said everyone has a plan you know, genetics. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's something we're going to talk about. And that's also the modern way to consider epigenetics, which is what we're going to dive into here today. So it's really a massively important topic. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to gain a lot of clarity in terms of being able to see through some of these tests and the information you really should be getting out of them instead in the better action steps to be able to have for you. So this is going to be a really fun one. But first, the medical disclaimer, everyone's favorite part of the episode. I am not your doctor. This is not meant to replace any one-on-one relationships with a medical professional. I am also not a cat. Just thought I'd let you know that. But at the same time, it is important to know that when I talk about genetic issues here, I'm also not a geneticist, all right? None of this has been evaluated by the American Association of Genetic People. But more importantly, one... There are true genetic conditions, all right? There are, like cystic fibrosis. There's not like, I mean, there's obviously set protocols for that, but when I'm talking here about genetic testing, it's not cystic fibrosis. It's not some congenital bone disorder. It's not you have this like mutation that messes up how your pancreas functions. No, these are the, how we say, Genetics, which have been looked at retrospectively, and being able to say, "Oh, you, you know, you may not be a sugar burner. You, uh, your caffeine metabolizing ability is greatly decreased, or you're someone with, you know, it's more of these slight, perhaps even nuanced things." Okay, because there's genetic testing that will say you have a 10% increase of iron deficiency anemia. And then you may have like, you know, a 
what I would throw in the bucket of true genetic issue, such as um, alpha or, you know, alpha thalassemia. All right. And if you don't have it, that's great. And if you do, you you have a, a true genetic issue there. So I just wanted to deviate those two before we, we go much further. So got it. So the first place I want to go, we want to be able to clear the table some more because that was part of it and busting up some myths. So, so let's go a little bit deeper in the myth busting here. So the, the big point I want to make, genetics do not determine your health destiny and they'll also send you down harmful rabbit holes. And this is really the story of whatever happens when you don't fully understand a certain issue here, all right? You don't fully understand your lighting in your studio and half your body's in sunlight and the other half is not, but that's just how we roll here. And what you need to consider about genetics, when you're getting one of those commercial tests or whatever, what have you, it's something that you need to ask yourself, how the heck did we arrive at this conclusion here? What were the things that were picked up? And it comes from understanding the broader context of genetics research. So GWAS, if you don't know what that means, then sorry, you're not as cool as I am because I use an acronym that you don't know what it is. And I'm wearing scrubs, so that makes it even more scientific sounding. But GWAS are Genome Wide Association Studies, GWAS. This is how they derive all of this data that says you can't tolerate saturated fat, red meat is bad for you individually, or whatever XYZ sort of scenario. But there's a big problem with this. They take a bunch of people and they may have different disease entities. They may have insulin resistance. They may be someone who they have autoimmune conditions. And then they will look at the entire genome, all of the DNA, all the DNA worth DNA in one person, one molecule of it, stretch that out, that is gonna have millions and millions of base pairs. And you can even stretch that thing out all the way to the moon from the surface of the earth. It's a lot of places that you're looking for problems. And just like when you're looking for problems in your life, you will find them because you're looking all over the place. And I don't make this, I don't wanna make this just a euphemism here or analogy. It's a statistical law, fact, or I guess really would be a theorem. But essentially, the more you're going to look for things, you're going to look at someone's entire genome in someone who already has issues metabolizing carbohydrates because they have diabetes, and then being able to say, oh, okay, there's these 1,000 genes that are associated with worse sugar metabolism or glucose burden. Thus... They, you know, people with these genes will have these issues down the road. That's not true. That is like the worst way to go about it. Why? Because, again, statistically, the more things you're looking at without an actual hypothesis, you're going to have false negatives that come up. That's why it's very rarely, you know, when you have one gene and then a very overt disorder, that's a true genetic thing. Whereas if you say, oh, you have, you know, 57 of the 212 genes associated with not being able to uh, metabolize cholesterol very well, you just do. But then the thing is, then people will internalize that as one of these true genetic issues. It's not. 
and it creates this thing called what I like to call snowflake metabolism of where, and I only say this because I care and I'm snarky and you get that and you love that and I love you, but to be honest, your metabolism is not a snowflake. And this is what this will sound like. Oh, you know, I was my naturopath was telling me that I can't metabolize saturated fats and that, you know, red meats I need to stay away from and that, you know, oh, I, I have a higher chance of diabetes, so I need to avoid carbohydrates and all this stuff. Well, here's the thing. That's not really true. It's it's not. That may sound great on paper in terms of the whole GWAS analysis, but in reality, it's not that straightforward. And even if it was, when you look at the research, which I know a lot of people who just go and send you for a test and give you nice colorful charts and a nice three-page PDF, it's so attractive. It looks great. And we see those from all our clients who, in our first one-on-one session, they'll say, oh, I had all this genetic testing. I, I still didn't figure it out. Looks great. Sounds great in theory as well. But in reality, it's something of where you have to remember in terms of your genetics, they're just the blueprint to respond to your environmental conditions. And to quote Darwin, who I believe he knows a thing or two about genetics and evolution. I don't know. But in his book, The Origin of Species, which maybe your naturopath hasn't read, don't worry, I have, is that the conditions of existence are far more important than the genetic plans available. I'm just paraphrasing. That's not the exact quote. He would have said it in 1800 prose. Ooh, the conditions of existence, blah, 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 blah. But what this means is that the internal metabolism is dependent on so many different factors. And just to say this thing is going to react this way in all scenarios is a massive fallacy that has you excluding a bunch of foods that you don't need to that has you eating a certain way that you're avoiding the real issues underneath at the bottom here and that's why when you're someone who you're avoiding the saturated fats which doesn't really make any sense at all it really makes no sense at all like every time someone says i can't tolerate saturated fats i literally have an aneurysm in my brain because they're really off the mark and why is that all the fat in your body do you know what it eventually gets metabolized as? Palmitate. Palmitate is a freaking saturated fat. In what world of evolution would you live in in which your body, from millions of years of evolution, would not be able to metabolize saturated fats? It literally does not exist. It just does not. Okay, that's one instance of snowflake metabolism. Number two is someone saying, oh, I just can't burn sugars very well, which may be true, and we'll get into that in a bit. But here's the thing. When you're not understanding why a certain fuel source isn't working, because we have so many people on our breakthrough calls where they say, oh, you know, every time I eat carbs, I, you know, this happens, or I just get like crash into a binge, all that stuff. And it's not because of your genetics, it's because of the metabolic engines, which have their own blueprints. Again, we'll get downstream of there. So why might you think, again, you use this GWAS data, and now you're basing that on your own individual issue in your own conditions of existence. And again, if you're taking notes, 
you know, at home, maybe you're watching this somewhere on social media, type in the comments. The conditions of existence are far more important than your genetics, okay? That should be one of the big points here. So back to this person who, you know, Canadian, if we will, can't really burn sugars, okay? Again, let's bring this back. Sugars. If you couldn't burn sugar, when your bloodstream is constantly filled with glucose, is this, again, crazy talk. It is literally crazy talk. Whatever the naturopath may say, because your body should be able to handle any metabolic fuel source. Snowflake metabolism is only something that would hold true at a very end stage of a disease. Insulin dependence diabetes. Yeah, we have to have a different plan for your carbohydrate metabolism. But if not, no. You have a genetic plan for something, right? And then the real place you want to focus in on is at that mitochondrial level. That's what's going to determine if you can burn sugar or not effectively. Also, your lifetime exposure to sugar. That's going to be something that will change your ability to have enzymes that aren't messing up in the sugar burning process and glycolysis and oxidation within the mitochondria itself. And again, even if even if you have all the I can't burn sugar carbohydrates very well from a GWAS study, guess what your relative rate increased risk is? It'll be 1.1 to 1.2. And the, the plain English way of saying that, my apologies, is 10 to 20% more than anyone else, all right? That is like nothing, almost nothing. You having certain lifestyle habits, maybe you eat dinner past like eight or 9 p.m. at night, that is gonna be a 60, 70, 80% increase in your ultimate decline into diabetes. So why are you focusing on your genetics? When I see you you doing things that are otherwise clearly wrong, and again, the other one, snowflake metabolism, cholesterol is another one. Oh yeah, my cholesterol levels are sky high because you know my body can't process LDL in a certain way. No, 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 no. Yes, there is familial hypercholesterolemia. We're gonna put that in the true genetic box where your total cholesterol levels are like 500, 600, even up to 2,000. You have like lipids literally coming out of your skin. That's true genetic condition. Otherwise, it's just more naturopath stuff funneling you down into supplements or stupid diets of where like, oh no, you eat, you need to eat nothing but plants, right? You, you can't eat those things with cholesterol because your body can't process it. No, 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 no. You're, if your body can't process it, I don't think cholesterol would be put into every single cell membrane in your trillions of cells. I don't think it would. It just wouldn't. So again, this sort of snowflake metabolism again here of where it's just like, oh, well, you know, I can't eat these certain foods based on my genes because, you know, now I have to do this. You're, you're missing the ball because those plans, and this is one of the big key pieces that think of your genes not as a set blueprint. It's more like a deck of cards where based on the environmental conditions, whether that's food, whether that's where you live, whether that's the people around you, based on those environmental conditions, your body 
will shuffle through the available cards. It may play one card. The, say if you're, the environmental conditions are just perfect. Your conditions of existence are perfect for burning carbohydrates. Your, your cells, which are smarter than you and I, they'll play this card to increase carbohydrate metabolism. It will do that again and again and again and again and again. And it may repress the other ones that hurt carbohydrate metabolism. And you're the dealer. Your lifestyle decisions, the foods you eat, the supplements you take, those are what picks the card from the deck here. It's not a predetermined thing of where you always have this card any given day. No, your body, if it has enough energy, if it has the right things in place, it can be able to reshuffle until it, it gets the right cards to deal with the environmental and the conditions of existence. That is known as epigenetics. Because yes, you have a plan, but more important than the plan are the audibles, the details, the edits, the updates that allow you to thrive as a human being. Because when you're not doing that, that's when you're stuck in this paradigm of just like, okay, well, my genes say this, so let me go to this plan. But then the plan's not working, you stay stuck with it, and you stay stuck with someone who the weight's still there. You're still sleeping like crap. You're still having to use one of those sleep crap rings because you can't sleep well and you need a device to tell you that you can't sleep well. And then you're on more and more supplements and you're just stuck in a place of where, here we go again, in terms of your health, let's try the genetic route. And again, you're not really getting anywhere and you won't because you're missing the whole picture. And now you're using genes as the scapegoat here in being in a place of where you're just not really getting anywhere, okay? And again, like this is another one where think of the same person here. Oh, animal protein isn't good for me. Well, okay. Yes, people may have allergies. But again, using evolution here, which which vegan island, which vegetable island did you come from? I'm curious. Because your body should be able to really handle anything. I'm not saying go full-blown carnivore. I'm saying that you should be able to handle it all. And of course, certain proteins are going to be different for, you know, they had different goals and amino acid profiles for different physiological states and all that. But again, when you're just getting caught up in these like crappy rules and ways that you're making these decisions, that's when you're going to get stuck in these places that keep you being someone who, oh yeah, I have it all together, but I need to travel with a bag full of supplements. Those two things do not go together. All right. You don't need to go to Sesame Street to see that. Like one of these things is not like the other in terms of thought patterns. And this is why so many people will get to stay stuck. Because if it's not genetics, it's going to be some other thing you go into. Of where you're like, oh, okay, well, okay, I did my gene testing. Maybe I need to do my SNPs too. Oh, yeah, great. Let's do SNPs. Great. Well, knock your socks off. Because it's going to lead you to the same place of where your naturopath is just shuttling you down more and more supplements. That's not where the answer is. And you already know that. And that's literally why, you know, so many times we have people, they come to us. Oh, yeah, I'm on 50 different supplements and just not really getting anywhere because you're at this very high superficial level. So that's why in wrapping up this section with the genetic testing, again, forget about it. Now, of course, you have a true genetic conditioner, may suppose, or have an idea that you may talk to your local geneticist uh, to do that for genetic counseling. But again, for the most part, you don't have snowflake metabolism. You don't. And of course, 
like I said, there's true genetic risk and the ones that sell you supplements, get you hooked on certain diets that you need supplements for. And your genetics are not your destiny here because there's something much more important, much more that in that card deck where you shuffle it, epigenetics. And then, of course, the, the biggest thing is that this puts you in this more whoa am I state of like, okay, well, like, can't do that. This is how things are. It's not true. We've had people time and time and time again. They say, I have this food sensitivity. Oh, Dylan, you don't get it. I can't eat these foods. And yet, here they are, four or eight weeks later, posting a picture in our private members group of the food that they thought that their naturopath said they can never eat again. So that's how that works. So let's bust into the next part here in terms of what's really going on instead here. So the big, big point here is that your mitochondrial DNA is far more important than your nuclear DNA. And I don't mean to be mean to anyone, but I'm just thinking that kind of moon today is that if you had some of the question marks of like nuclear DNA, if you thought I was talking about Fukushima, if you thought I was talking about Chernobyl or I don't know, some other place of where there's nuclear atoms decaying and having negative effects. No, we kind of we kind of missed the boat there. So recap, this is that ninth grade biology. Maybe your, your naturopath missed out on that one. Is that there are two sets of DNA in each and every single cell except red blood cells. You have the nuclear genome. This is the nucleus of the cell. This is when people say genetics. That's where their mind goes to. Then there's DNA inside your mitochondria. This is where the magic happens. This is your energy genetic material. This contains the plans to be able to optimize your mitochondria so that you're able to produce more energy. And that has so many downstream effects here. This is like the most critical thing because your mitochondria and the nucleus of your cells will work together. It's called mitonuclear co-adaptation. It's a mouthful, but it's also something you should know. Because when you don't, this is when you're like, oh, okay, you know, Dr. Poopa over there, we're going to try all the supplements because that's what true cellular means. No, 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 we need to understand this relationship more. So what you, and this is a perfect analogy, what you do on any given day depends on your energy levels, right? Because if you're waking up feeling garbage, you're not going to go for a walk in the morning like you used to. If you're feeling absolutely trash in the afternoon, you're not going to go out with your friends. You're not going to play with your kids. You're just going to waste away on the couch. It sucks. Same thing inside of your cells. If you don't have enough energy, and energy comes from one main place, that is your mitochondria, okay? And when we're considering that, that will then dictate what your cell can do. Pause for emphasis. The energy from your mitochondria determines genetic expression. The energy from your mitochondria determines how many cards are pulled out from the deck. It determines if if you're just going to turn if you're just going to lock away the deck because here's the thing. Genes, okay? You got your genes here. Ribosomes will come in, they'll make a transcript, and then that transcript will be translated in a ribosome. Science blah 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 blah. And then proteins will be made. Making protein 
is a very energetically costly biological event. And that's why proteins are the most expensive thing at the food store. And that's actually not true, but I just want you to use that to remember this. <laughs> because every single bond between an amino acid takes 5 ATP. Many protons have proteins, many proteins have 100, 1000 and beyond amino acids in there. That's a lot of ATP that's required to make these proteins. So, if you don't have enough ATP being produced by your mitochondria, you don't have enough to make the proteins, that is going to lead to the worst genetic expression possible through this mitonuclear co-adaptation. And that is when you do become someone, you feel like you have snowflake metabolism because your gene said so, but here's really why you have snowflake metabolism. Because your mitochondria suck. When you can't burn sugar, it's because that's all you've been, er been able to effectively burn because your mitochondria are designed to burn fat very well. Now they can burn anything, but not burning fat, over-reliance on carbohydrates. And just like when, say, you use a piece of machinery a lot, which the machinery here are all those enzymes in the chain of glycolysis and sugar burning, those are going to wear down tremendously faster. And then that's what you use, carbohydrates. That's what you crave. That's what you continue to do. And then something comes by, genetic test. Oh, you can't burn carbohydrates. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, thanks for reaffirming my beliefs, but you've missed the boat. You've missed that mitochondrial issue at the core there. Now for saturated fats. It's really just all fats. Sorry to break it to you. It's not just saturated fats you can't tolerate. It's because your mitochondria... Over the course of your lifetime, how you've been living your life, the environment you continue to live in, the foods you continue to eat, the supplements you continue to mess up with, those are making your mitochondria worse and worse as you're on these physiological supports and they can't burn fat and you get a genetic testing saturated fat, something that doesn't work for you. Again, you're drawing the wrong conclusion from the wrong piece of data and you're going to make the wrong decisions and end up keep getting the wrong results. You may get some changes, yeah. And you'll get any changes following anyone's ding-dong program any day of the week. You will. That's what consistency does. But if it lasted, then we would not have people on our breakthrough calls who have done these exact same genetic tests, who have worked with the people who they do the cellular whatever they say. Because, again, it's this core mitochondrial issue. There's other components to it as well. We'll talk about that in a second. But it's really the fact that these mitochondria their ability to produce energy will change how the genetic processing happens from DNA to protein. And then there's a the next step here to epigenetics. As the name would imply, this is beyond genetics. Okay, really great branding that these biologists have, like really great stuff. What does this mean? This is when you add certain molecules to proteins that have already been produced. Okay, this could be for the science crew out here, this could be ubiquination, this could be acetylation, assimilation, all this fun stuff. It, think of it like putting different color sticky notes on different things in your house. You put a yellow sticky note on, please clean this rug. You put a red sticky note on, please throw this out. All these little sticky notes will mean different little things. And then from there, you get so much more flexibility in your metabolism. Okay, do you see where this is going? Because say if you can put 10 different tags on one different protein, that's the equivalent of having 
10 different proteins, but without having to go through this energetic, costly process of going DNA to protein and making 10 proteins. You just have one and you get 10 uses out of it. But you can only do that when your mitochondria are set up in a way of where they're maximally producing energy and maximally in a place of where this epigenetic expression is at its best. Okay. And this is something that your genetic testing will never tell you about your epigenetics. It never will. And the SNPs and all the other tests, they don't either. They just tell you what the base plan is. They don't tell you how your body is going to use the 10 different sticky notes because that's something of where, again, your conditions of existence will dictate your epigenetics. Conditions of existence are literally everything around you. Okay, we don't need to get into examples on that. But you need to know which one are the most important conditions of existence for you. Because otherwise, you're playing, you know, fiddlesticks with an old outdated blueprint from 1975 when you could be playing around with Windows 12 or 11 or whatever they got. That is what epigenetic control truly is. So this mitochondrial DNA, that is the core of being able to have this epigenetic expression. So what determines that? We already covered conditions of existence. The other thing is how much natural melatonin your body is able to make and to not overconsume. So let's break that down. But first, let's hone in on the key fact that if your naturopath or whoever is having you take liquid melatonin and other things for sleep, you and they have already missed the boat and you should run away from them because they don't freaking get how your body doesn't need all those things. I don't care whatever functional medicine person says, whatever. It's a crock of crap. And you need to be able to recognize your body. Yes, it can heal by itself. But the linchpin of that is being able to produce its best natural melatonin at night and being able to be in a space of where it doesn't need to overuse it. When would melatonin be overused? When you're eating a bunch of foods that have you hurting your mitochondria that are hurting other metabolic pathways. You, you have to overly on vegetables because the naturopath said so. Okay, cool, now we're introducing a bunch of phytochemicals that are throwing off the free radical signaling inside your mitochondria and that's making things worse. You may feel good because you're having more carbs, but it might as well be from a donut. So being able to have melatonin because Melatonin is essentially the protector of your mitochondrial DNA. And when you don't have that there, your mitochondrial DNA is going to accumulate damage over time. And when it does, this has big consequences. This is known as heteroplasmy. H-E-T-E-R-O-P-L-A-S-M-Y. Heteroplasmy. And my fourth grade self would be really proud of how I just did with that spelling bee. But for here, the higher heteroplasmy, oh, let me define heteroplasmy. Heteroplasmy is essentially how much of your, because if we think about all the mitochondria in one cell, could be a thousand, 10,000, even beyond here. They all have their own mitochondrial DNA inside. This is their like playbook to produce energy. Think of a football team or a soccer team, whatever. If everyone has a different playbook, are they going to be a good team? No. So 
the heteroplasmy is a percentage of how many different playbooks there are. All right, so if 70%, that means 70% of the mitochondria have a different mitochondrial DNA, different playbook, they're going to be a really crappy team. And this is exactly why when you correlate disease heteroplasmy, I mean mitochondrial heteroplasmy with these diseases, which people think, oh, you know, my my thyroid issues are genetic, my adrenal issues are genetic, my blah blah insert here, my my weight is genetic. It's not. It it's a linchpin to this heteroplasmy because it climbs and climbs and climbs, heteroplasmy does, and there's a certain point your body can't take it anymore, it has to shut everything down. Right? It's like a business that's failing. Eventually you must declare bankruptcy to stop like bleeding out money. So that's essentially what's going on. People have high heteroplasmy rates and then they do all these little mechanisms, oh genetics, and don't really get anywhere. So that's why being able to understand mitochondrial DNA, which can be enhanced and protected by melatonin. And then also, if you have the right conditions of existence, that's what puts you in a space of where the mitochondrial DNA is better protected. And then both of those factors, more energy available to have the correct genetic expression, to have the best, most adaptive epigenetics, the best you. That's all it is. Easy peasy. So to summarize, when you're focusing in on the, the mitochondrial DNA, you don't need to go crazy with testing, okay? But, but of course, you also need to keep your eyes on the conditions of existence. That's the most important. And really all those things I just said of where that's the chain of events. So in terms of the next part, what we've all been waiting for, what to do instead. So the big thing here is to master your mitochondria, to master your epigenetics. That's as, as simple and as fun as it is. And the first part of this isn't some big science whoop de doo This is you being in a place of where you truly take full ownership of so many things. Because so many times people on the breakthrough call, like, I feel like I'm doing everything. The moment someone says that, they say, I don't believe I can really do anymore. Because I feel like I'm doing everything that I can because I live in the survival mode and one more thing would just absolutely break me. That's really what they're saying. Because there's a certain energy to stay in survival mode. Certain energy, a certain strategy, a certain mindset. There is a whole different level to actually get better and get out of survival mode. And into a place of where you're thriving and don't have to be hopped upon all these supplements. And bringing powders on the plane with you. So... It's really bringing full ownership and being able to know there are so many things in your control. You may not know them. That's why we're here in those conditions of existence and being able to take full ownership of that and being able to set the intention to do so. Because so many people, their limits are, I'm doing the best diet, I'm doing the best exercise, I'm doing the supplements. Well, what if I told you that's just at the tip of the pyramid of how we help our clients? Because it is. There are some people who, we don't even mess around with their supplements because there's bigger fish to fry in their conditions of existence. And when we do that, that's when their mitochondrial function skyrockets without having to give fanfare to the supplement protocol that is just over extremely implicated and integrated and just not really getting anywhere. And so 
when you do that, that's when, again, you go through this phase, mitochondria enhance, better energy, better you. That's when your body's not only having this energy for you to go out there and do stuff, have fun, go on bike rides and be able to sleep better and be able to be in a space of where you know your health is moving in the right direction. But also you have the energy for healing because that's that extra level function in your body to be able to heal. If you're in survival mode, you're not healing. You're just trying to keep the ship from bursting apart at the seams and just falling apart in the ocean. And so you get your mitochondria to this place, you enhance the energy. But the other big piece of this is being able to make sure the machine is working all together in the correct fashion. Because all of your metabolic machinery is just that, machinery. It is things interacting and sliding with each other just like gears. These gears have to be coordinated. Coordination, circadian rhythm, optimal circadian health. Can't really hide the middle word there, circadian. This is essentially the rhythm in which your body coordinates all of its metabolism. And there's many other rhythms. They're not just circadian, they're ultradiane, all, all that stuff. But the point being, everything in your body has to be coordinated. Because if it's not, it's energy inefficient. It's wasting energy. Again, think of a sports team. Or think of you and your family. When you guys are communicating, you're coordinated, things are easy. They're flowing. When it's not, maybe this shows up more at work. When people aren't communicating, that's when there's energy wasted. Okay, someone says something stupid. Okay, great. Someone made a mistake because they didn't communicate. That's when you're just bleeding energy out. Same exact thing inside of your body. Of where if the circadian rhythm isn't fully optimized and dialed in, based on your routines, your habits, your conditions of existence, this is going to increase energy demands. But if you address those issues based on whatever is going on with you, that's when the energy demands are decreased. And now that energy is freed up for your mitochondria, epigenetics, all that awesome stuff. And that is what is so amazing about what we're able to help people with. Because once we just focus on these factors, mitochondria, circadian rhythms, that's what changes the game for so many people. That's when you can be better and be able to really do better despite whatever your genetics may be. And I don't just say that for, you know, the sort of more fringy genetic testing, but we've also had people who they have really true genetic conditions. Where yes, genetic testing would tell you that. But the same thing, a true genetic issue will lead to a big bleeding of energy damage to your mitochondria, and you fix that, that's when people with these true genetic conditions get better as well. Doesn't address their genetic issue. Really only gene therapy can do that. But everything else, the whole body starts to function better again. And they're able to go from a place of where they feel like they were doomed because they got this test result, or now they feel like they changed their whole life, and they have so many more options available to them. All right? You know who I was talking to before. You can get back to the ribeyes. You can eat carbohydrates. You can not have to worry about eggs and stuff. You don't have to eat all the vegetables. You can eat some, it's fine. But again, it's about being able to have freedom in your life with all the choices you're making and be able to feel amazing while doing it. If that's what you want, then here's what my team and I have in store for you in the next 24 to 48 hours. We have time on our calendar of where we want to talk to people who need the help. We want to be able to really see what have you been led astray by? Where have you gone down the wrong turns? And what are the issues you're having? Because if you've been able to pick up one thing for me today, 
It's not that I'm angry <laughs> all the time. It's because I am frustrated when I see people getting this genetic testing and the garbage that has put in, put into their ears now coming out of their mouth and embedded into their brains and changing their decisions in their health and are leading them to a fraction of what they can have and be in their life. That's what I'm going to be frustrated about because I know what the standard can be because I see it all the time in our clients. And it all starts with being able to get this clarity on what hasn't been working in the past, why that is, what your goals can be and should be and how to get there and be able to give you that hope of what is possible from what you're eating to how you're living and being able to show you exactly the steps to get there. And if you want our help, we can show you just that. And if not, no worries, because the service of this call is to be able to take you out of these paths and onto a new future possibility for yourself and everything attached to your health. Your well-being, your ability to go into work, get stuff done, your ability to be there with your family, playing with your kids, being able to go out there hiking with your friends and family, and be able to live a full life because your health is the most rock-solid thing that everything else is built upon, and being able to really have a full capacity for life. So if that's what you want, then go ahead and go to optimalcircadianhealth.com forward slash talk. You'll see a calendar page there. You'll pick a time. And then after you do that, there'll be a next page that's a form. Go ahead and fill that out because that helps us know, okay, do we need to focus in on your sleep? Do we need to focus in on thyroid? You know, whatever it may be in being able to really see where those issues are showing up because the goal on this call is massive clarity. Clarity on what's not working and why. Clarity on what's possible for you. The time frame for that as well in being able to really put our heads together and be like, okay, what are the best options for you? Because if it's with someone else, we will tell you. We're not here to try and help people just like, oh yeah, take this supplement. It's it's good for everything. No, no, no. It's being able to identify who's ready to fix this issue and what that problem is and being able to be in a space where we're like, okay, if you want our help, here's what that can look like. And if not, you have that sense of clarity enough and being able to clear the fog of so much and be able to really see what's going on. That's enough of a gift in your healing journey already. So if that's what you want, then go to optimalcircadianhealth.com forward slash talk. Pick your time. You just click there, you know, go to the next page. There's a little form. You submit that and then we'll give you a call. And it's as simple as that. It'll be the best 45 minutes that you can spend on your health this year, next year, beyond. Maybe 2025, maybe different. But for right now, it's really a truly great experience to gain this clarity in your healing journey. So thanks so much for joining me today and look forward to seeing you on the calendar. Thanks for tuning into today's show. A brand new episode is released every week. So make sure to click subscribe. If you like what you heard, and if you want to see if you're fit to work with us, then head over to optimalcircadianhealth.com forward slash talk. We'll get on the phone with you for 45 minutes, and we'll get crystal clear on three things. What's really going on with your health, the goals you should be working towards in your healing journey, and the exact strategy to get there. Reclaiming your health does not happen without expert guidance. We've helped clients of all ages all over the world with all sorts of diagnoses who feel they've tried everything for decades and finally get their lives back. So to see if we can help you do the same, then head over to optimalcircadianhealth.com forward slash talk. I'm Dylan Peckus, 
and let's talk soon. This podcast is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease and does not equal or replace medical advice. Always consult with your physician and double check the validity of any suggestions on this podcast before changing your behavior. Content presented herein is the opinion of Dylan Peckis unless otherwise noted. This information is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional and is not intended as medical advice. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the research and experience of Dylan Peckis. We encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. Optimal Circadian Health, LLC, is neither responsible nor liable for misinterpretation, misuse, damage, loss, injury, or misunderstanding caused through the content presented. Statements made on this podcast have not yet been evaluated by the FDA. Nothing presented should be understood as a recommendation that you should not consult with a medical or health professional to address your particular concerns. Your viewing, listening, sharing of this content, including implementation of any suggestions set out, does not create a physician-client or other professional relationship between you and the Optimal Circadian Health LLC or any of its professionals.